Welcome to the Swim Swam Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, and joining me today is Jay Friend, head coach of the Missoula Aquatic Club. Jay, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. in missoula montana which you know montana perhaps maybe not known for its swimming prowess but i'm excited to get into it and and talk to you about swimming in montana um i want to start things off by by getting to know you a little bit um tell me about your swimming background i i read that you were an naia uh national champion in 2010 and 11 at fresno pacific university um, yeah, t- take me through a little bit of, about your background in swimming and aquatics. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up in Southern California in the Palm Springs area, and we had a pool in our backyard. And um, as my mom would say, they had trouble keeping me out of it. You know, I'd just be playing in the backyard and somehow I'd end up in the pool. Uh, so um, learned to swim pretty quickly just because I was in the pool all the time. My older sisters, they both swam. Um, and so the three of us were in there, the whole family was in there just swimming around. Uh, and so I think basically as soon as I was old enough, uh, they had me go out and join the swim team, uh, in town and, and just kind of stuck. I didn't swim year round initially. I just swam when it was warm enough to swim, which in Palm Springs should be all the time. But for me was, was not, I, I took the winters off, but, um, but yeah, I mean, and it just kind of stuck. Uh, and, you know, being able to chase my older sisters through their swimming careers. So I got to watch them both, you know, swim in high school uh, and then swim in college. And so that kind of, to me, predetermined my destiny, which was I'm going to go, I want to swim in college. That was the, that was the goal. Um, and figuring out what that looked like, you know, as I went, as I went along. I, I didn't start taking swimming seriously in the sense of like, having a really great practice attendance or doing doubles um, really until later on in high school um, when I'd already had some kind of levels of success, you know, in, in the high school program. And, uh, but then I started taking more seriously and realized like, you know, if I find a swim college, I better figure out how to do it right. Um, And so I, you know, eventually I, I put it all together uh, and got to go swim at Fresno Pacific. They were an NAI school when I was there. They're they're Division Two now, and um, yeah, and that was a that was a rad experience. I, I really loved it. It was such a great fit for me. Um, small team, small school. Uh, I had my grandparents lived about twenty minutes down the road, so I was away from home not too far, but I was also still near family, which I think was good for for you know for my personal development too. Still a lot of you know, at least me personally, it's still a lot of personal growth happening at that age too. So, um, yeah. And my, my first year in the program was the second year of the program. And I think they'd been fifth, the, the men's team had been fifth at nationals, uh, in their first year. And we came in, I don't really remember if, you know, our coaches, the coach at the time was coach Peter Richardson is now at Arizona, but he, I don't know if he had any explicit goals or told us like, Hey, you know, I want to, you know, be a national title contender or something like that. 
Um, but my freshman year there, we were, we were national runner up, um, as a team, which was really, really cool. I didn't, I didn't make a single second swim. I didn't have a great freshman year. Um, it was adjusting to college life, adjusting training, all that. And so I think I, I might have won a best time in one event at nationals, but I didn't, didn't score a single point for the team. What did you and I, I'm a breaststroke I am, so I did 100 breasts, 200 breasts, 4 I am. And, uh, but it was such a cool experience for me going from in high school where I didn't have a big team, club team or high school team, um, both, you know, my, my club team by my senior year only had, I think three or four people in the senior group and my high school team, you know, my freshman year had four guys on it. Uh, and I think we grew that to maybe eight or, or eight or 12 guys my senior year. Um, but so being on very small teams that obviously didn't perform well as teams because we were so small, um, going to this team that where I was, you know, the the bottom of the barrel you know and uh being part of something that was so much bigger than me it was such a cool experience and a lot of cool growth uh and really motivated me to to you know train hard get a lot better and uh and hopefully you know my goal was like i need to contribute like i'm coming here coaches expecting things from me like you know that's why they they recruited me to come swim here was to to contribute and i, I didn't feel like i did that my freshman year and, you know, I ended up having a great sophomore year, dropped tons of time in all my events, scored in all three events at nationals, was able to swim on some morning relays um, and, and, you know, be part of the, the team national championship, which was really cool. And then going back to back in junior year was awesome. Um, and then, you know, a little bit of a bummer. We, we went all in senior year, hoping to get the three-peat, uh, but then losing the meet by six points. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, that was, it was a super fun meet. Um, we were all, all, you know, the guys team was all in. That was the year, like our girls were, were slated. The women's team was slated to win. And so we were like behind them, you know, cause we were a combined program. And so we trained in the, did the same sets, trained same lanes every day, day in, day out. And so we were excited. Like, you know, they had gone like, you know, fourth, third, second. And so this was the year, right. That, that they were going to win and and I they won considerably. I mean, I think that going into the last day of the meet, they had kind of sealed it up. Mm-hmm. And we were in a tight battle. We were in a really close battle. It was back and forth all meet. With what school? Um, with uh Oklahoma Baptist. Okay. Yeah. OBU. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and and it was just the energy was was off the charts. You know, we were just going and I don't know, I don't know how it played out, but we were the we were a team that, you know, there's like this California bond where like Concordia was like, we want you guys to win. Like we want California to take the title. And so the energy was just, it was, it was an electric atmosphere. And in going into that last relay, we had a, you know, a, a one point lead and needed, needed to win the relay, right. Lose the relay. We lost the meet. Um, and so, all coming down to the last relay was, it was pretty cool. You know, I mean, it's, it's a bummer to, to walk away, but not, not winning that meet. But, um, but I think that is part of the team culture that I love there too, was like every guy on the team was like, it was me. I could have placed one place higher in one event. I could have done that. It was like, it's like everybody felt like this collective responsibility of, you know, 
you know, the, the, the individual responsibility of I could have done better. It was on me, but everyone felt that it wasn't on one person. And, you know, and, and I think we all knew that too, but we we're all just kind of like, what could I have done to make the difference? You don't want to walk away with regrets, but I think that, you know, most of us have come to realize like, that's what made those four years, those five years, you know, surrounding kind of those title runs that we made super special was just that everybody on the team, on the guys team and the girls and the women's team was, was all, we're all in, you know, we, we were all, you know, fighting for the same thing. And that kind of culture, that kind of feel on the team is just something that in my coaching career, I've been trying to create and foster and build because it was just the coolest experience in my life. So that's, that's some really good backstory. Um, and certain, certainly a good plug for swimming in college, you know, yeah. NAIA, D3, D2, D1, whatever, whatever it is, you know, find a good match. And, uh, you know, that, that team culture, you know, that you find a lot in high school and college sports, you know, doesn't, doesn't always happen a lot of other places. Yeah. And then that's like, that's what I love about swimming as a sport. And and then, you know, the landscape is changing every day and especially now, but like, if you want to swim in college, there's a place for you. Like, it doesn't matter where you were and and where you came out. You know, I think I had a couple of senior sectional level cuts coming out of high school. Like, you know, I was pretty good locally, but like even just within Southern California, I was, you know, not not great you know it had i had a handful of sectional cuts um i could do breaststroke and i could put together an im because i was a, a breaststroker but mm-hmm. um but i wanted to swim in college and and that's what i loved is nai was that experience for me i got got the opportunity to swim in college got the opportunity to go to a national championship meet swim have some some tapered swims in march um and get a couple of you know get a couple of rings um and so that's that's something that I just love about the sport. Absolutely. There, you know, yeah, I think, and I think that's why people are so devastated, rightly so, obviously, when, when you see teams getting cut recently is, is that, you know, that's, that's one more opportunity that could, could house 40 to 60 athletes and, and give them, you know, four of the best years of their lives. Yeah. I, yeah, it's been, that's been brutal to watch. It's just, swimming especially men's swimming um being on the chopping block a lot is just it's tough you know because i'm like so grateful for my opportunity it shaped who i am as a person it it made me choose to be a swim coach as a career and um and yeah and having that opportunity being limited more and more so is uh, it's been been a tough uh news news story to follow this spring and summer uh, absolutely um but so so let's let's get into a you know let's get back to you yeah uh, <clears throat> so you you finish up your career um with with two national titles as you said and uh did you know coming out of college that you is coaching that what you wanted to do <laughs> i i had kind of played with the idea uh, in high school, because I had some great coaches, you know, my high school coach, I really admired, I, I'm sure I gave him a really hard time um, as a high school boy, but 
what I really admired, you know, the time and energy he put into making sure they made a great program. And my cl- I had a couple of great club coaches in high school too. That both, both of them, I think, you know, it really brought my interest into coaching as a way to give back to the sport and and um, and continue to engage in a community that's given me so much. And in college, I got away from that a little bit. You know, I had dreams of you know, going on to doing some kind of career in, in whatever I ended up being communications major. And for a while I was interested in like, you know, I'd like to work for like some big corporation and be part of their branding, like be part of their messaging. Like that's the kind of communication I was interested in college. Um, but what ended up happening was, um, you know, I met my wife while I was in college and, um, she graduated the year ahead of me and she got a job on the beach in California and uh, moved there right out of right after she graduated and um, then two weeks after I graduated the next year I we got married and moved uh, I moved over there and so for a while I was just like I need to make I just need to make money it doesn't matter what it is and I didn't really think about swim coaching it was just like whatever's available and so um, you know, held a couple of odd jobs as anyone does right out of college did some car sales and stuff like that. And then, um, and then I found a, a job as a swim instructor at a private swim pool. And, and I was like, Oh, this is cool. Like, this is something that I can do. I, I, you know, I did some, you know, like kind of off the book swim lessons and stuff through college to make money during summers. And so like, so I have some foundational knowledge here. And, uh, and it's a cool opportunity, you know, to work at a private pool and, and have that kind of stuff scheduled. And so I did that. And then they had like a pre-competitive team, you know, had like six or seven kids on it that were swimming two hours a week, you know, an hour a day, twice a week. And, and so, you know, the, the owner and the manager kind of asked if I'd be interested in running that in addition to the lessons. I was like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. And I no idea what I was doing, but I was just like, all right, let's modify sets that I did in high school or that I remember from doing as an age group swimmer and see if we can do like a swim practice. Um, And so I started to do that and started to try and push more and more kids who were competent in, you know, swimming lengths of the pool into that pre-competitive program and grew it in numbers. and, And that was like a really cool experience. And and I thought about like, maybe I want to, you know, go approach one of the local clubs and start coaching with them. Um, but it just never really panned out. And I think, you know, I wanted to have some good loyalty to the swim lessons program and not do a little bit of both. Um, Cause sometimes there's some conflict there between swim lessons and, and swim teams. Um, and so, yeah, I, I did that for, for the years that we lived on the coast and then, we just, my wife's brother lived here in Missoula and we came out to visit. Just, we're like, Hey, we we love, we'd love to come visit there. Both her and I were in love with the idea of like living in the mountains or living in the forest. You know, she grew up in, in Fresno, California. I grew up in Palm Springs, California, like dry, hot places that aren't traditionally seen as beautiful places. I think we both see the beauty of our own hometowns, but um and so we're like let's go explore and and we spent just i think three just like a long weekend three and a half days four days up here visiting and we fell in love and um with with 
the city, with the state, with the mountains, and we got back home to the beach. It wasn't like we're living in a bad place. You know, we're living 10 minutes from the beach. And uh, we got back home and we're like, let's move. Like, let's just drop everything and move there. Like, what do we have to lose? We're both kind of just, you know, she, she was a sales rep. You know, it wasn't like a, a dead end job, but it wasn't like a job that you're in love with and committed to. And I was just, you know, I was teaching swim lessons, you know, working 30 hours a week at a swimming pool, doing lifeguard and doing lessons, doing pre-team. And we're like, we've, we've nothing that's tying us here. Um, and we really love it. And so like, that was the beginning of August. We got home and set that intention. And then by the end of October, we had committed to move out to Missoula. Okay. And, um, we, I remember like, we're both just like looking for jobs and we're like, if one of us can find even just like a kind of good job, that will be it. Like it just, even if you can find a full-time job, even if it's minimum wage, but it's full-time, like we'll, we're all in. And, um, I found the, the, I found the listing for, uh, an assistant coach at Missoula Aquatic Club. And, um, you know, my brother-in-law who was my college swim coach, Peter, he was like telling me, he's like, Hey, I'm recruiting a girl from there. They're a good. They're a good team. Dave Burkoff's their co their head coach. And I was like, well, that's rad. But I was like, that's a really awesome opportunity. And it's like for me to do something that I like, which is coach swimming. I've, I've started to feel more confident in it. I like it um, and get the opportunity to, to do it on like an actual team. And, um, and so I applied for the job and I told him, I was like, Hey, I don't know what my timeline is. Like, we're just randomly looking to move here. And, um, and they were like, you know, we're cool. Like we we're, we're pretty staffed right now and we want someone with a good swimming background to come in and, and coach. And I, you know, I did some video interviews with Dave and some of the board members and they're like on your timeline, like, you know, cause we, we were kind of looking three to six months. We didn't know where we're looking at moving. And then we're just like, you know, let's just go. Let's just, even though we're part-time swim coach, coaching, you know, six hours a week or whatever, like, let's just go. Like, we want to live there. Let's just make the commitment. Let's just jump in. And so we did. And she went and told her boss and gave notice. And her boss was like, can you work remote? And so we're like, man, like, it just lined up, right? It's just one of those situations that lined up for us. And so we, we ended up here and, um, and that's when I was like, I, so I started coaching and when I first got into Missoula, I was coaching our silver group, which is kind of like our second age group. And, uh, and that was really fun. It was like, I loved coaching that age of kids. And that was the age of kids that I typically had on, on like my pre-competitive team. It was like eight ish to 12, um, you know, just a fun kind of rowdy bunch of, of kids. Mm -hmm. and uh and it's just like right when I got in I was like I just want to soak up all the knowledge that I can everything I can from from Dave but but all the other coaches on staff you know um and uh and get to know as much as I can about age group coaching as possible and I kind of saw that for myself was like I want to be I was like I like age group coaching I like this age group mm -hmm. and uh and I want to be an age group coach and I think that Dave saw my desire to learn and just, you know, like being a total swim nerd in terms of like, I'm keeping track of, 
every major college meet in the country. I'm watching all these conference swim meets. I'm watching live streaming nationals, USA, the pro series, all that kind of stuff, you know, and, and constantly coming in and being like, Oh my gosh, did you see what? So, and you know, with Dave having these conversations, Oh my gosh, you see what so-and-so just did this meet. Oh my gosh, did you, you know, did you see this? And, um, and I think he started to realize like that I had, it, you know, some potential and some invested interest in the sport as a whole in, in growing myself as a coach learning as much as I could um, and so he started taking me into the senior group and so for a year and a half or so I did split duties where I was coaching um, as much as I could with with Dave in the senior group and uh, and still coaching those age group kids and I remember like the within the first couple of weeks of coaching the senior group Dave you know but at that time both his kids were on the senior group and he was like they're yours like like he, he's, you know, he, he, you could tell like it was, he wanted, so, they needed to hear another voice. He needed to, you know, you know, it's just, I'm sure it's just a challenge coaching your own kid. I, you know, obviously no idea what that's like, but, um, but so I, you know, I, I, so that was like kind of a fun experience and getting to coach those kids and, uh, and figuring out along the way, like, what am I supposed to do? And I remember asking Dave, like, what am I supposed to, like, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to coach this age group of kids? What do you, how do you plan workouts? How do you plan a season? How do you, how do you plan a week? Not just a season. How do you plan a week? And, uh, and his advice I always thought was great because it was never, I felt like never like intentional, or like serious advice. He was just like, we can't mess them up that bad. That was, that was his advice to me. And I was like, how do you, how do you write a workout? He's like, well, you, you really can't mess them up that bad. And I was like, okay, I guess he's like, just write a workout that you feel like you want them to do. And, and it'll probably be fine. <laughs> um, and I was like, all right, so, you know, sounds good. And so that's, you know, I ended up, coaching a lot of time in senior group. And, um, and I remember like having discussions with my wife, but like, you know, I was like, this, this is still kind of it. Like I was again, trying to do some odd, odd stuff here and there. Um, but I was just a part-time swim coach and sure I was getting more hours and being able to go to meets with, with the kids and stuff like that. Um, but I was like, you know, I'm going to, you know, teaching was something that was interesting to me. So I was like, Oh, you know, I, I want to go back to school get my master's of education uh, and get in the classroom. And that's kind of a great, I felt like it was a great job that paired where I can continue to do swim coaching, um, be able to do both, you know, as something where I, where I could continue to be a lifelong swim coach. And um, so I, you know, uh, applied to the university of Montana and got in the master's program and I was prepping myself. This was summer of 2016. I was prepping myself to, you know, to start that master's of education program. Uh, and then Dave decided that he wanted to take a step back. He didn't want to be head coach anymore. He still wanted to stick around and, and coach the kids and help out where he was needed. Um, but it was just too much, you know, trying to run his law practice and, um, and be a head coach. And, and he was ready to, you know, take a step back from that. And I remember, you know, kind of getting the notice from the board that Dave had, you know, submitted his, you know, that he was going to be done after juniors in, in 2016, summer juniors in 2016. And, and I remember the board president being like, you know, we want 
you. We like, we like you. We feel like you've, you've had a good relationship with these kids. And I was like, are you sure? Like I, I've been a swim coach, even if you count my pre competitive team experience for three years. It's like, that's, that's it. You know, I was like, you want me to come lead a club team? I was like, I have a lot of respect for what head club swim coaches do. It's, that's a lot of work. And they're like, you know, we feel like you have a good relationship, you know, athletes across the board, like in kind of every group. And, um, how big is uh, Missoula aquatic? So we're, we, we tend to hover between a hundred and 120. Okay. Okay. So, you know, not, not a huge team, but certainly big for our area. Um, yep. and, uh, and I just remember thinking like, this is, and so, and you know, they, they interviewed, uh, you know, the board interviewed myself, um, who the, the, our age group one coach is now my, my age group head coach. And, um, and then, uh, another coach who'd been on the, who's the one who she'd been on the coaching the team the longest out of all of us. And, um, and you know, it, it, it fell to me. I think both of them were trying to figure out, you know, if, if that was their priority. And I was, I was like, you know, I'm ready to take the risk and try. And, um, and that was kind of a lesson that, that I learned. I'd always been, you know, obviously afraid of, of failing. Um, but one of the the lessons I learned when I first moved to Montana was like, what you, you fail. What's the worst thing that happens, right? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Um, you probably, it's probably not going to be ruining lives. And so it's okay to fail and get up and try again. Yeah. So, uh, so I took the job and, um, and that, yeah. And now here I am four, four years later, we're starting. So, yeah. So, yeah, so that's a pretty pretty cool story. Uh, <laughs> I I would not have guessed that's how you ended up in Missoula. Um, yeah, pretty neat. Um, so, you know, you've had four years as the head coach at Missoula Aquatic Club now. Um, again, I you know I know this club because of the Burkoffs and and mm-hmm. Catherine Burkoff's success that that she's had um, or that she had you know swimming for for y'all. Um, so, you know, over, over these four years, um, tell me a bit, a little bit about the philosophy that you've developed. Um, you know, how do you plan a season now? How do you plan a week? How do you write a workout? Yeah. So I, I remember initially cause you know, a, a lot of my, how I coach is, is informed by my college coach, uh, Peter Richardson, um, I took a lot of kind of the modeling of, of how you interact with your athletes from him. He, I always thought he just did such a great job building relationships with athletes. And, and I just thought that was so important. It was such an important piece of, of getting kids to swim fast, especially, you know, in a place where maybe we have limited pool time. We, we can't get as much time as, as I, and certainly I would like as a, uh, to run a, you know, a high level, um, senior team. Um, 
limited resources. It's difficult. It's very difficult to travel to meets. You know, our closest travel meet is, you know, two hours away um, in, in great weather and, uh, and, Shave taper meets, you know, shave taper meets are almost always out of state. Like they're a, a flight some to somewhere. Where's the, where's the closest travel meet? You know, I guess you know now I'd say is Polson, which is only an hour away. They have a great pool, um, and and so, but typically it's like a state championship level meet's going to be in in Butte, which is you know an hour forty five to two hours away from us, or Helena, which is about the same. Okay. And then we hear our summer state championship meets are in Bozeman, which is three hours away. And a kid, we like to travel out. I'm, I'm good friends with the head coach at Billings Aquatic Club, Sean. And so we like to travel out. We did a dual meet last year there, which was super fun. You know, it's a good five hours away to, to travel. So it's hard to get engagement to get kids and, and families to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to travel five hours for a one-day meet. You know, for a one day dual meet, I'm going to travel five hours. We've got 45 kids to travel out to that, which I thought was just a super, super cool thing. But, um, but to me, like getting these kids involved in the sport and engaging in sport was all about building relationships with them. And then, you know, the, the technical side of the sport, I, I've always been super interested in that kind of stuff. And it was hard working with Dave on that because he'd just been around the sport for so long that you know, he doesn't, he's not necessarily the kind of guy like I am where he's going to write everything out, have these charts, color, color coordinated and, and all that kind of stuff. He's like, this is what the kids need to work on this month. And this is what I'm going to do for it today. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's like, all right, you know, seven weeks out of a meet needs to look like this. Five weeks out of a meet needs to look like this. Three weeks out of our table meeting needs to look like this. And it was just like, I was like, okay. And it's, so it was like learning my feel for someone who just naturally understood the stroke, the sport so well, naturally understood the stroke so well. He could just take a look at the kids and warm up and be like, this ain't it. Erase the workout and write a new one up. Because just by watching the kids' strokes and warm up, he knew what he'd planned wasn't going to be successful or what he'd planned was going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was like, it was a, it was a, a challenging experience for me because I was like trying to read these cues that I just didn't have the experience as a coach or really even as an athlete to read, you know, and then, then I'm starting to coach athletes, especially early on with Dave that are, you know, young in high school and significantly better and going to meets at levels that I had only dreamed of in my swimming career. Um, And so it was like, how do I, get these kids physically ready for a, a junior national meet um, or like a five, six day world championship trial meet or national level meet. And how do I get them mentally and emotionally ready for those, those kinds of things. And so um, it was super, it was super helpful to, you know, in, um, in 2017, Catherine, she just missed the national junior team but she made the, it was, I was the first or second year. I think they did the world top 100 team. And at that time, the world top 100 team was like, it was just the kids really who missed the gap. It was just the girls who, you know, cause they take the top, if you're ranked in the top 75 in the world on the national junior team, mm-hmm. 25 to hundred don't make it guys. It's top 100 in the world um, being 18 under. And she was like 83rd or 84th or something like that in 2017 or hundred back. 
Okay. And, um, but so she, she made the narrow window. And so that was super helpful to be able to go to the national team coaches seminar and like, be like, what, what happens, you know, listen to Urbana check talk about, you know, training philosophies, listen to, I mean, there's, there's so many people that talked about that first one. It's hard for me to remember, but you know, listening, listening to, you know, all these incredible, you know, high level club and college coaches talk about season planning, prepping athletes, what you're doing week to week. Oh, Bruce Gemmel was a huge one talking about that. He did a lot of senior planning and talking about how he structures his workouts for his high school kids and, and trying to prioritize afternoon time if you can, because they perform better in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so getting all that and then coming to terms with myself, like, as like, I'm a planner, I need to have it planned out because if I don't have it planned out, I'm not going to be able to make the adjustments on the fly that I need to make. But to me, having an in detail plan allows me to be more flexible when I need to, because it's like, okay, I I can bounce from this to this if, if we need to, if this doesn't work. Um, and so that took, you know, my first year of coaching was like, it was Dave style where I was like month to month, just trying to figure out like this month we need to work on this, this month we need to work on this. And what does each day look like and how do they play off that? And then after that, then after I started, you know, I went to, you know, I went to as many, not just the, you know, obviously getting invited to the national coaches seminar was huge, but going to as many uh, camps, clinics, seminars, as, as much of that as I could to learn as much as possible, going to the regional clinics that USA Swimming put on was super helpful because those guys, you know, Mark, Mark Hesse, Scott Colby would come on and they'd be like, here's a season planning form. Like, and here's how we do it. And I'm like, awesome. Like that's a great resource. And then I got the opportunity to represent our LSC at the first lead summit in 2018, I think to 2018. And, um, and that was a great opportunity because like that one helped me realize, like, I need to make sure that my actions as a coach are in line with what I think my core values are. Because if I'm not executing there, I'm going to have trouble building relationships, connecting with athletes. And you can do all the season planning. You can do all of the, you know, the color work that you want. Um, but if you, but if you're not kind of messaging, right. Going back to what I was interested in college, if, if the messaging that I'm putting out isn't reflected in my coaching practice, whether it's my season planning or how I'm building relationships with athletes, then it doesn't matter what I do or how much I do. Um, because I, you know, my, one of, you know, one of the things I think about is why I, why we're doing something is, you know, more, almost more important than what and how we're doing it and making sure the kids always know why we're doing something. Mm-hmm. So, so let's get down to some, some fun details. Uh, what what is what is a favorite set of yours that you've that you've come to really enjoy over the years, or or do do you even repeat sets? Yeah, I'll I'll repeat sets. We'll have a few favorites that we'll sprinkle in, or maybe modify depending on you know what I, what I want to get out of that set. Mm. Um, you know, a classic, obviously, thirty one hundreds red. You know, I think a 
big chunk of club and college coaches all over the country do that one all the time. I like to make sure that when I'm doing that one, that it's my kids are prepared for it. They know it's coming. It's not going to be a surprise. Like they know it's coming. And you know, you could do that set a hundred different ways. Sometimes we'll do it straight up. Sometimes we'll, you know, try and chop it up or mix in different distances to achieve it. But, um, but like with that said, it's, it's one of my favorites because especially, you know, in the last three years or so, I feel like every time we do it, the senior group's prepared for it. They're mentally engaged and they're ready to get up and throw down um, on what I think it can be a tremendously difficult set, you know, putting in, you know, it's super straightforward. It's, it's not like anything like, you know, sometimes I'll tell kids that, you know, our sets are getting spicy. It's not a spicy set. It's a, it's a, this is a straightforward do the work because the work is what's going to get you better sometimes. And sometimes the work isn't physical. Sometimes the work is mentally engaging in all 3,100. Sometimes the work is mentally engaging and making sure you're hitting five to seven dolphin kicks off every wall in 3,100s red, or sometimes it's mentally engaging in just not quitting that day just not mentally giving up on yourself midway through the set. And so that's, that's one that we will repeat a lot. And we have some others that we'll repeat, but I do try and vary things as much as possible. I want our sets to be, you know, we do sometimes we will just do boring work. I think just last week we just did 10, 200s, not, not a thriller, but, um, but sometimes you got to get the work done. Uh, but I do try and keep it mixed up uh, and, and, and keep our days mixed up as much as possible too. So it's not going to be a lot of like, we did 10 200s yesterday. So we're doing 2100s today. Although I think I did both those sets last week. <laughs> um, so, oh, you know, that's one of mine. I, this past year or so, maybe a little bit longer, I've gotten more and more interested in trying to develop kind of that initial like a lactic style speed and, and right sets specifically for that. So that's been fun. Um, I've connected, I, you know, through the recruiting processes with my athletes, I've gotten to know some, some, some of the college coaches around the country, which has been fun. And one that I feel like I really resonate with is Bobby Gintero at, he's at uh, Wilmington now. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so like, I remember like we, I text him back and forth and be like, Hey, like, I'm, I'm writing this set to try and try and hit that, that six to 20 second max effort energy zone, you know, and then he come back maybe with like, Oh, well, this is what I did with my kids today. And I'm like, okay, my kids aren't doing that, <laughs> you know, but, but like, okay, I, I see what you're getting at. I'm going to take those pieces and plug it in. So doing a lot of like dead start stuff, doing a lot of, um, doing He's, he's one that turned me on to like, yeah, like do a lot of like drag socks, do a lot of the, that resistance stuff but do it with fins on one it's going to help protect the kids from injury a little bit better. But two, like a lot of times you can get them pretty close to what maybe their actual race paces if they're doing fins with the drag socks over the top. And so they're doing resisted work at race speed. And so like you're training that muscle memory really, really specifically. Um, and so, you know, I like to do, we'll do a set where, um, where we'll do like, it's just like, 10 seconds all out flutter kick on the wall flip you know max out underwater whatever we we focus on hitting race underwaters i'm not trying to push every kid to 15 meters underwater but like what do you do in a race right now what is your goal and those are the two numbers that we're working with and so doing 10 seconds kick on the wall 
do your race underwater and then maybe maybe max out on one cycle max breakout or two cycle max breakout um, and then work our way up and really working and trying to work in that specific explosive six to 20 second max energy zone. Um, and so that I think like last year, I really started to put a lot of that in. And, uh, and I like it and it's fun. You know, the kids, at least on my team, they like to swim fast. They like to get up and race and, uh, and it's a fun atmosphere to coach too. You know, it's, you know, I'm not, there's nothing against, you know, six, five hundreds or whatever. Um, but it's a little bit harder to engage the coaching staff to get them hyped up, you know, for, for six, five hundreds or three, one thousands or whatever, than you know, when you're doing, doing the, that kind of explosive or speed work. So, yeah. So how big is that senior group? I mean, it ranges, um, you know, it's we're since we're a small team and we have a, sometimes we'll have a big, like, 2019 graduating class was 12 kids. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And so it was a little bit smaller of a crew this year. And this year I have one in 2020. Um, oh, okay. And I'm getting, you know, that my incoming ninth graders, cause we, we try and keep it pretty specifically to our, to our high schoolers. Mm -hmm. um, we like them to socialize together. And, uh, you know, we have enough pool time and space to be able to kind of customize it to our range of skill levels. Um, but like this year we're getting, I think we have like seven or eight new, uh, incoming ninth graders who are kind of prepping to get ready and make that transition into our top group. Um, and so, you know, I'd say it's, it ranges anywhere between 20 and 30 um, this year, obviously everything's a little bit different. It's a little bit funky. We don't really even have that set up right now. Right now we're running three groups, just our, um, just our team colors. We have our black group, which is mainly our older kids. Uh, we have our green group, which is kind of like that age group group. And then we have our gray group, which is, you know, ranges from kids transitioning who can do four legal strokes, race hundreds of each stroke and that kind of stuff all the way down to kids who are working on the fundamentals of like, can you do a streamline on your back for a 25? Right. Um, so that's been, yeah, it's been a little bit different this summer and we're still, you know, figuring it out week by week. Um, what's going to happen next. Yeah. So to, to, to close out our conversation here, um, you know, what is your plan for the next few weeks? You know, school is kind of starting to, to, <laughs> to to become a thing on the on the forefront of everyone's mind whether it's going to be in person or online you know however that works um just for the for the near future because obviously things are changing on a daily basis um what's you know in in just a couple you know briefly what are you thinking moving forward for the next few weeks yeah we're um, so we have a, a few different uh school districts that um kind of our, our kids are, are in, uh, and mostly everyone's starting school, uh, August 26th. So two weeks from today. And, um, and right now the, the main, you know, where most of our kids come out in Missoula County public school district, um, they're planning on doing some blended learning. And so they're going to have like half the kids come in Monday, Wednesday, half the kids come in Tuesday, Thursday, um, and then doing, 
online for, for the other half. And uh, their schedule's a little bit different too. So they're doing like kind of truncated school days to make sure they can clean facilities, clean buses and stuff like that. And so like actually our high schoolers won't start school until 10 a.m. Um, um, you know, it, it, at least when, we're, when they're in this first part of the school year. So, um, you know, the plan moving forward is we've, we've, this is our 10th week back in the water. And um, the first eight weeks were kind of like set the tone, let's rebuild some foundations, get familiar with the water again, get familiar with how our bodies feel swimming. Um, and then these last two weeks, we've expanded our practice time. So we've gone from like 50 minutes a group to now our, our top group's getting, I think, like 10 hours a week. Our age group's getting seven. And then we have our younger group getting four hours a week or three hours a week. And we're, we're probably going to move forward with that just as the kids are going to figure out how to adjust to going back to school. Some of them aren't, you know, they have the option to kind of do all online school. Um and so as they kind of navigate that and, and figure out how that's going to fit, we're just going to kind of continue moving forward. Um, right now we're at our outdoor pool and we're good there for about another month. But once October comes, the weather turns uh, and it turns pretty quickly. Uh, and so we'll need to head inside where it's a vast difference right now. We're running 10 short course lanes. And so it's easy to get kids in and, and keep things socially distant and, and get some good workouts in. Um, our indoor pool is uh, seven lanes and it's at the university. And so we're a little bit dependent on, you know, the university's doing in-person learning. And so, you know, if, if the university's open, we're there and we're swimming. If not, we'll figure it out and, and see what happens. So we're hoping, you know, rest of August and September, keeping things, you know, where they are now and, you know, maybe see if we can do, you know, it's fun to see kids swim fast all over the country, see if we can do some kind of time trial and see what our kids have looked like over the last 10, 14 weeks or so. Um, but yeah, we're just keep trucking along on focusing on fundamentals, building some real capacity. Oh, awesome. Jay, thank you so much for your time and, and sharing some of your insights, some of your coaching philosophy and some of your history with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's been it's been fun. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.